Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in Portland, KSEY in Texas, the Golf News Network. Uh, what is it else? The Blitz there in Tulsa and WEEU and all the major platforms out there. This is the show where I get to talk to the interesting people in the world of golf, or as I always say, basically the folks that are worth talking to. Before we get to our guest, Jeff Sanders, today, I want to talk uh, about a little bit about our friends over at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can be proud to serve it to your family and friends. I do it all the time. PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. And also Birdie Ball uh, voted the best training aid in the last 25 years. You can go to BirdieBall.com and and uh, see what John Breaker and his family are doing there. Great stuff. Uh you can hit it in your backyard and you can hit it with full swings and it'll only go about 40 yards. So that's good. And also real quick, the Portland golf show is coming up at the Portland expo center, March 3rd through the 5th. We'll be there with this show in our booth. And we'll talk more about that later in the show, but I wanted to welcome Jeff Sanders uh, from Jeff Sanders entertainment. You knew him from Lagadere. You knew him when he played on the tour, you knew him with his red pants on. So <laughs> Jeffrey, I love it. I love it. <laughs> How are you, man? That's good for you. <laughs> uh, uh, if you ever see them, you can't forget them. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I wore those red pants at the at the Winco Foods Portland Open. I wore them again at the Safeway Open down in Napa. Wherever there was a chance to wear red because of the logo of the company, Winco or Safeway, I had those red pants on, buddy. Thanks for remembering my pants. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> You know, there's one other guy, Jeff, that uh, I don't know if you know him, Jim Dodson. He's an author. He, he wrote all kinds of great books about golf. I think his best one was Final Rounds about a trip with his dad. But he went to cover the U.S. Open at Pinehurst and he needed pants. So he stopped by a store and bought these really bilious green pants. And I, I tease him about that. And, and he told me he finally threw them away. But I don't believe him. I believe they're hanging in the corner at his house, you know. <laughs> way jeffrey they never leave you no no so what's been going on with you my friend i've been busy you know i really have um you know i was thinking about it prior to us getting on on uh, on the air today and uh you know i started in the golf business uh a long time ago i was thinking about my relationship with the pga tour you know i i was a player from 1980 to 86 and then since 86 i've been putting on golf tournaments um so you can do the math, you know, uh, 35 years. And uh, I think we've done a couple hundred golf tournaments and and just wow. had a lot of raising a lot of money for charity. I've had some amazing teammates uh, over the years that have been fun to work with. And uh, 
you know, uh, put on some events, hopefully some events to entertain our sponsors and fans. And, um, you know, I grew up in Portland, as you know, playing golf at Sunset High School and through the junior golf program, the, Oregon, the OGA, and was fortunate enough to win the Oregon Juniors when I was 16 down at Corvallis Country Club, which, you know, got me a scholarship at the University of Oregon to play four years for the Ducks. And, and that was a great experience in Eugene and um, played a couple years with Peter on the golf team down there. And then went on the tour, moved to California, moved down to Pasadena and went on the PGA tour for five or six years. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was tough out there. I had some opportunities to win. I had some chances to finish, you know, have some high finishes on in tour events. Didn't close the deal, you know, just didn't close the deal. And when I needed to, and so found myself in a situation where Mike Stoll called me and said, Hey, you want to take a year off the tour and help me start a tournament in Portland called the Fred Meyer challenge. And, I said, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm all in. And uh, so he and I and Peter got involved with that event at Portland Golf Club. And and it was so fun to have Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus and Greg Norman and Lee Trevino and Freddie Couples and on and on. And uh, I never went back to the tour. I kind of thought, you know, Jeff, I'd take a year off and then I'd go play again. And I never went back. And that was 35, 36 years ago. Uh, and a 200 and some golf tournaments to go. And uh, it's been a great run. It has been a great run. I was lucky enough to sell my my business uh, in 2013 to a company out of Paris called Lagadier Sports. Um, and uh, that was a, that was great to monetize my business. I thought I'd be working until I was 100 putting on tournaments. Um, you know, some of the highlights probably are, you know, when Tiger Woods three-peated at Pumpkin Ridge in 1996, we ran that tournament. I'll never forget that, that great, you know, comeback win by Tiger Woods. at Pumpkin. Sure. Uh, ran the U.S. Women's Open the next year when Annika was trying to win her, th- her three-peat out there. Turned out she missed the cut, but but Nancy Lopez nearly won at the very last hole, the last time she contended, you know, Women's Open. Um, we've ran the Albertsons Boise Open over in Boise for Albertsons for 34 years and uh, just had a lot of fun doing that. Ran some PGA Tour events, you know, the Safeway Open down in Napa. Had Johnny Miller as our host and Phil Mickelson as our our headliner. And then went down, came down here to La Quinta, where I live half the year now, La Quinta, California. That's why I wear my flowered shirt. Absolutely. Okay, so, and, you know, we took over the old Bob Hope. It was in trouble. It was uh, kind of irrelevant. And we, we brought our entertainment model to the table, food, wine, music, and golf. We had Stevie Nicks and Luke Bryan. And anyway, it's just been a, you know, it's been a lot of fun raising money for charity, putting on golf tournaments and concerts. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm just blessed. I'm absolutely blessed to be involved with golf uh, at, at this level and have been for a long time. You know, you said something a second ago that you took over the old hope. And we talked about this uh, in fairness to the listeners a couple of days ago when we chatted before the show. How difficult is that? And let me preface this for you, Jeff. You've got a, a tournament committee that's probably been on the committee since, you know, Jesus was in second grade. Okay. <laughs> and they've always done things a certain way. But each year, the tournament declines a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe the food sales weren't good. Maybe the gate wasn't as good. I mean, I don't have to explain all that to you, obviously. But when you come in and you, give them the proposal and you lay it out there and you say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, they're all reaching for their tums and roll aids because they don't know what the hell's going on. But how difficult is it to get to pry those guys 
into the 21st century. I mean, you and I are the same age, okay? So we're no spring chickens, but I'm just right. saying, you know, you, excuse me, you got to look around right. and see what's going on. No, it was, it was uh, on one hand, very challenging. On the other hand, uh, exciting. Um, because there was a group of 24 uh, on the board of directors of the, of the former Bob Hope, uh, Desert Classic, and um, many of them had been involved with the tournament for 30-plus years. Um, when Bob Hope was alive, as you know, the model was he put his arm around the Sinatras and the Andy Williams and the Bing Crosbys and the Presidents of the United States and Arnold and, and everybody, and he, and he got them all to come to the desert and play golf. And uh, five golf courses back then, guys would travel around the valley down here. Um but then Mr. Hope passed away, you know, some 15, 20 years ago. And when that, when he passed away, all those relationships that he had with celebrities really went away. And yeah. so what you ended up with was a golf tournament. And it was a golf tournament without that celebrity uh, entertainment value. So what, what I did is, is came in and said, look, we can't bring back Mr. Hope. We can't bring Bing. We can't bring Glenn Campbell. We can't bring any of them here. But what we can do is we can bring music. And we can turn the PGA West driving range into a, as soon as the golf's over, we can turn it into a, a great big concert. And of course, as you know, down here, you've got Coachella, you've got Stagecoach, you've got Desert Trip. I mean, music is a big, big part of this valley down here in the desert. And so all we really did was bring that to the golf tournament, bring it over the fence, set it down. And after golf, the first year we had Bad Company, we had Goo Goo Dolls, we had Huey Lewis. Um, then we had Stevie Nicks and Luke Bryan. And so... 28,000 people on the driving range uh, on Friday and Saturday night after the tournament. So the challenge was we took a golf tournament that was 60 years old and we turned it into a golf festival. And in order for it to continue, it was really tired. It was really irrelevant. Um, it was just going the wrong way. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, I'm not throwing, you know, stones here, but it was it's true. And so because we'd been up at Napa at Silverado for the Safeway Open and we'd had Phil up there and Johnny and basically did the same thing. That used to be the Fry's Electronics event. Bob Miller, who was chairman of Albertsons, formerly uh, CEO of Fred Meyer, a friend, good friend of mine, and I got together with Johnny Miller and said, hey, what can we do here if we get together? And so we said, well, let's, let's bring the best of the best. Let's bring the best wine, the best food, the best music, and we've already got the best golf. Let's bring it all to Silverado and let's put it out here. Cool. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Jeff Sanders from Jeff Sanders Entertainment. He does not have his red pants on today, but he's got a hell of a Hawaiian shirt. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to uh, Grilling It's Green. I'm your host, JT. If you want to email us, you can go to the website, grillingitthegreen.net. You can send us a message message there. Um, you can find us on all the platforms and send us messages through there. And as I've said before, we are now on Golf News Net, which has its own dedicated channel on the iHeart uh podcast version but it's 24 7 golf there and we're one of the shows on that i want to talk to you about the portland uh, golf show at the uh, portland expo center they've got 90 exhibitors 
coming this year. Well, actually 91 since I signed up. Um, give you a kind of a quick overview of that. You've got the the regulars, Titleist, and Tolf, Top Golf and Cobra. They have activities. The They have a KP challenge, a long drive, a putting challenge. And then after you screw those up, you can go to the tasting rooms and you can park your kids at the junior golfer area. Uh, you get a free subscription to Golf Magazine just by signing up at the door. And the first, I don't know, several hundred people that get in there each day, you can get 200 bucks worth of free rounds and show discounts like that. It's pretty reasonable, $16 for adults, $15 for senior and military. Uh, again, at the Expo, March uh, 3rd through the 5th, you can go to PortlandGolfShow.com. Okay, I got all that in there in the prescribed time. So now we can get back and talk with my friend Jeff Sanders from Jeff Sanders uh, Entertainment. When you first came to started to do this, because you had some good experience at uh, the Fred Meyer. I mean, I followed the Fred Myers when you guys were just starting, you know, um, and I'll tell you a story off the air about Trevino one day, which is very good. Uh, but it must have been difficult yeah, when you started turning the corner to say, we want to bring entertainment, you know, because um, golf can be stodgy. It can yeah. be, but you're not a stodgy guy. You know, and uh, really, when you when you turn the clock back to 1986, Portland Golf Club, my memory goes back and gets pretty clear. You know, Fred Meyer uh, at that time was owned by Fred Meyer, much the same way that Albertsons is owned by Joe Albertson back then prior to selling to Kroger. But Fred Meyer was a Portland company and it was that's where everybody shopped. The one stop shop, Fred Meyer. And. Couldn't have been a better sponsor. You know, O.B. Robertson was on the board of directors of Portland Golf Club. He was the CEO at the time of Fred Meyer. Uh, O.B. made the decision to give us a, an opportunity to come out there on a Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We tried to get a regular tour date. The Portland Open left Portland in 1966. We tried to bring back the Portland Open, Fred Meyer Portland Open, that would have been in, starting back in 1986, 20 years later. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get a date on the PGA Tour because they were all taken summertime. We really only have about an eight-week window in Portland that you could play tournament golf, July and August. You don't want to play if it's going to be raining or not, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's really your window. And if the, the tournaments in that eight-week window were all taken, so there's no way to play a PGA Tour event that week. So we were able to get an event that started on Sunday night and was Monday and Tuesday on ESPN back then. And we could showcase Portland Golf Club and we could bring in the best 24 players in the world, which we did, and raise a lot of money for children's charities. I remember children's charities was our beneficiary. Um, but no, we didn't know what we were doing. None of us had ever ran a golf tournament. We'd all played golf. Mike Slow was a scratch amateur player. Peter, of course, on tour. I just come off the tour. We love the game. We had passionate, we're passionate about the game, but we're players, we're not operators. And so we just kind of, you know, I had a long conversation with Mark Rolfing. At that time, Mark was running the Kapaloo Invitational over in Hawaii. I think I was on the phone with him for six or eight hours, literally trying to understand how to how to do a, a tournament. And uh, we'd all been there and done that in terms of playing, but we'd never ran one. And so we were just kind of operating. We were working 24 hours a day to do it. It was so much fun. Uh, and uh, but that's where it got started. And, and, and that's where. You know, that event was the, the start of something that I had no idea was going to happen. Here we are sitting here, you and I, 2023, uh, 37 years later, 
and we're talking about golf tournaments. We're talking about how many we've now ran um, over that period of time. Um, it's pretty amazing. I, I, I got to be honest with you. It, it was, uh, if you'd have told me this was where we'd be, you know, we'd be today, I, I would have, there's no way in the world that I would have thought that that was going to happen. Um, we were just taking it one day at a time, one hole at a time back then. And uh, 37 years have gone by, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. And you've got a very, a very interesting and uh, successful story. I'm sure there was bumps and bruises along the way, Jeff. But really, when you think of it, I've covered a lot of golf tournaments, as you know, and you get out there and some of them are, it's just another tournament. It's just another Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's it. Right. There's nothing exciting. There's no reason to want to you know, bring people in off the street, as it were, to not only can they watch great golf, but there's food and there's beverages and there's entertainment and so on and so forth. You change that whole dynamic and you're to be congratulated for that because, and I'm, I'm not saying this just because you're on the show, but I think you're one of the guys that was very instrumental in, in making that leap so that golf tournaments were worthwhile to attend for anybody outside the players, you know, the well, players and the caddies. So, um, you know, as, as Andy Pasner said in the article that Carrie Eggers wrote the other day, that was, uh, uh that I read that Carrie wrote and, and Carrie's uh, known Carrie a long time. And, and, uh, he, actually it was factual. I mean, it was nice to see an article written by a professional that <laughs> could actually do a, do a great job. And it was factual. Um, but, you know, I'd like to think that. I mean, certainly um, the way I thought about it was who doesn't like food, wine, music and golf? You know, that's just sort of what all of us enjoy. And we've got this venue, golf tournament venue, golf courses that have big driving ranges. And what happens? They kind of sit vacant a lot during the week, you know. And so we partnered up with a guy who's got a big stage, Coachella level size stage, 20 piece bands can fit on this thing. And I, what I tried to do is just extend the day. I always think about value, right? So if I'm going to pay $50 for my ticket and take Jeff, take you as my guest, pay $100, you know, where's the value? Well, the value is really in a bunch of different ways. First of all, I'm going to go out to the tournament. I'm going to see great golf. I'm going to see PGA Tour golf. And that's going to be awesome. And then I'm not going to leave at four or five o'clock. I'm going to stay and I'm going to have a, I'm going to probably going to have a Casamigos here, you know, there you go. Casamigos. and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to the show. You better know what you're doing or it could be not so great for the charities at the end of the week. Luckily we've not had any problems there and the charities have all benefited from the golf festival model. Absolutely. We're going to take another break here on Girling It's Green. We're going to be back with Jeff Sanders right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we're talking with Jeff Sanders today. Again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Birdie Ball. Uh, you know, we have some, as Jeff well knows, we have some inclement weather up here in the Northwest. Uh, but I can stand there on my 
back covered patio and hit birdie balls off the little mat out into the yard. I have a big backyard, so I'm fortunate for that. But I can do that in the wintertime. I can go out and hit 20 or 30 birdie balls. I can leave them there for a couple of days if it's raining too hard and then go get them. So it works out great. When, <laughs> when, uh, when you started, Jeff, uh, and flash forward to today, golf is so different. You know, yeah. we have multiple tours. We have multiple level tours. We have now we have multiple tour organizations out there. And I I, I don't want to really jump into the LIV stuff like that too much because, I, you know, that gets people fired up sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> from a, from your perspective, how different is it uh, from when you walked out on your first tee as a tour player to where you are today? Well, it's unbelievable. When I when I was on the tour again, 1980 to 86, it was Monday qualifying. We were considered rabbits chasing the tour. Um, there were 150 guys for 20 spots a lot of times on Monday. Um, a lot of times you didn't play. So you had to find a place to practice for a week until the next Monday. That was before the all-exempt tour. That was before the Champions Tour. That was before the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, the only two tours at that time were the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour. There was no live, none of this, okay? So it was super com I mean, it's competitive today, but it was even more competitive in some ways back then because there was either you played on the PGA Tour or th there was no other place to play. And what's happened over time is college golf has gotten to be unbelievable. These kids now coming out of college golf programs are are unbelievable players they are it's amazing how good these kids are when they come out of come out of college these days the corn ferry tour which we've ran i don't know 55 or 60 events from portland boise to florida on the corn ferry tour i mean you, you can't really tell the difference in many cases you know between the corn ferry tour and the pga tour other than about 20 25 guys because they've got the big name, the John Roms, the Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Phil, you know, those guys. But these guys are shooting 20, 25 under par at places like Pumpkin Ridge, which is no, you know, pitch and putt track. And so the golf has just gone, There's it's just gotten crazy. And it's gotten crazy for a lot of reasons. Tiger Woods, you know, uh, money, let's face it, money. I mean, these guys are playing for so much money now that – you know, you can't you can't almost not give it a go if you've got some talent. You know, you're a junior golfer. You you got to give it a go. And so the money's there. The 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 multiple opportunities are there. Like you say, live golf is now there. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy around live golf between the PGA Tour and live golf, as you know, Jeff. That will be interesting to see where that ends up and where that shakes out over the next year or two. Um, it's certainly been disruptive. No question about it. Um, there's a lot of people that love live golf and there's some that don't, you know, um, I, I sort of, you know, it's hard for me to get too, too into it because I've been a part of the PGA tour for 43 years in one form or another, 1980 to 2023, either as a player or a tournament operator. So it's too, I'm too far down the road to really get into live golf as an operator at this point. Um, had an opportunity when uh, when Liv came to Portland to Pumpkin Ridge, uh, you know, had a cup of coffee. Let's call it probably the first cup of coffee. 
Uh, and I and I quickly decided, you know, this just wasn't right for me and for our small little company to to jump in there uh, at this point in my in my career. Um, but you know, those that went out there, I think they enjoyed it. They got to go out and get five feet from some great players. And from what I understand, it was pretty entertaining. So again, my loyalty really is with the PGA Tour. I mean, that's the stage that I've been able to be on. I think of it like this. If you're in the music business and you have, you have to have stage. Otherwise, you play music in your garage your whole life. To get out of the garage, you got to have a stage. The stage is the concerts that you, Coachella, Stagecoach, Moda Center, you know, Crystal Ballroom at minimums. You got to have a stage. And then you can go out and put your, you know, perform. And next thing you know, you're, you're a star. The PGA Tour has given all the guys on live stage. Phil Mickelson's 52 or three years old now. I know Phil well. He was the host. He was our host in, down here for five years. He was our headliner in Napa for five years. So 10 tournaments. Phil and I work very closely together. And we have a great relationship. Um, he was always fan first, sponsor first, gave it 100% on and off the golf course. So from my perspective, for me as an operator, couldn't ask for more. Okay. Sad to see where things are now in some ways with him. Um, only sad. That's my only emotion because, you know, I'm a, I'm a friend of Phil's and I, I loved having him be our, our guy in the tournaments that we ran up in Napa and down here. He really made a difference. Um, but you know, when it comes to, to loyalty, I'm kind of old school, you know, mm -hmm. uh, PGA tour. And so my point is the guys who are on live, all I want them to do is be honest and say, look, my stage was the PGA tour. You know, think of every guy out there. That's where I became a star. That's how I got the big money to go over to live without the PGA tour and the stage to become a star on TV. I don't get the, the millions of dollars that I'm getting to go play live. Just to tell the truth, just say, Hey, thank you. PGA tour. But when someone offers me $200 million at 52 or three years old, I'm going to take it. And you can barbecue me for it literally, or you cannot, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, and, and, and how relevant is Phil today on the PGA tour? And let's say that Phil won 25 Champions Tour events. They pay you three or $400,000 for a win, which is a lot of money. But when you add it up, that's seven to $10 million if he wins 25 tournaments. Well, no guarantee he's going to do that on the Champions Tour. So when you give the guy $200 million at his age, but the PGA Tour was the stage. And they deserve a lot of credit from every guy on live. So let me ask you this. We've got enough time to get this question out of the way. And you're the guy that could probably answer this. Why does Greg Norman have a chip on his shoulder? That's the way it appears to me. Okay. And I'm not inside the ropes, even though I take pictures and stuff, but I'm not inside the ropes, right. but, but, you know, Greg tried stuff years ago and that didn't work. Okay. But he came back, but it's almost like he's vengeful at times. Yeah. You know, I don't know Greg Norman as well as I know most guys on the tour. Matter of fact, I don't hardly know Greg at all. Um, we just missed each other in our careers playing as well as operating tournaments and things. 
Um, the only time he's ever played in a tournament that we've put on was the 1986 Fred Meyer Challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he was great that week. I don't really know. There's something going on there. Um, he's not He's not really very well liked, honestly. Uh, deserving or not deserving by other tour players um, that, you know, played alongside him for all those years. But there is something that he he wants to prove here. He wants to be a part of uh, of a of another tour that competes against the PGA Tour. He's he's absolutely a million percent committed to be that guy. And I don't really know. I honestly I don't know why. And I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows why in in our PGA Tour world that we live in. I don't. I don't really know. There's there is a reason, and I'm sure that. Some people close to him could could answer your question, Jeff. I don't know. I really don't, or I tell you, I don't know. Well, I just always found it interesting, Jeff, that um, I don't know if it was, you know, they labeled him as a choker. And, you know, we we know the history. That's not the big deal. But I don't know if that got to him. Um, all I know is. Uh, I don't know how old Greg is, but let's just say he's 58 years old for the sake of conversation. I would not be the 58-year-old guy standing buck-ass naked in a river in Colorado and then let somebody take a picture of me and then publish it out there in the world. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just not me. You know? <laughs> so. Well, he's well, – he's. I mean, Greg's a confident guy. I mean, he's got a lot – he's he's a uh, – there's no question. He's got a big, big ego. Um, and – you know, a lot of successful people do. Uh, and he's certainly become very popular in some circles and very unpopular in others. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and wrap up the regular show with Jeff Sanders here. Uh, Bruce Foreman will be coming up shortly with your tip of the week. So don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling It's Green. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Jeff Sanders. But first, here's our good buddy, Bruce Furman, with his golf tip of the week. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms Golf Club. And I'm going to give you a little tip today. And should you get your golf ball uh, fitted? Should you? They do fittings at the different clubs and, and different manufacturers do, Titleist and all the different ones do that. And there are differences in golf balls, so I think it would behoove you if you're a serious golfer to get fit for the right golf ball. Uh, the two-piece balls are the ones that go the farthest, so if you need more distance, they go go the farthest uh, and they spin the less, so they're not quite as good around the greens. And they are the cheapest balls, so if you're you know on a budget, that's the ball to get or you're more of a beginner. Something like the Titleist Velocity or the Callaway Hex Diablo, those are the two-piece balls. Then they have three-piece balls. Those are pretty good for your regular average players. They, they're good for moderate swing speeds, and there's a lot of those. I'm not going to get into all those. And then there's the multi-layer balls, the four-piece and five-piece balls. And they're the more costly ones. They're, they're like the Pro V1X or the TaylorMade TP5. And they're actually designed to, to spin less with the driver and a little more with the wedges around the green. 
and everybody, if you're a beginner or, or, or so forth, you think you might need that ball, but I think you're better off getting fit for the right ball for you and not just stepping up and trying to buy the most expensive ball or the ball the pros use. So keep that in mind when you go to buy golf balls. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. Um, if you want, you want to find out more about Bruce, just go to the Langdon Farms website, click on instruction. Bruce is the director of instruction there. And, uh, Drop down menu. You can find out everything you need to know. Maybe go get a lesson from him. Great guy. He uh, he helps me once in a while, but I hate to see his blood pressure go up, so I don't do it very often. <laughs> anyway, we're talking with Jeff Sanders from Jeff Sanders Entertainment here in the Lake Oswego area of Portland. Uh, and uh, Jeff's been very successful in his golf uh, entertainment business for over the years. Oh, we've got about two minutes here, Jeff maybe a little longer. What's the biggest thing you've enjoyed doing throughout your career as when you're putting on tournaments? Raising money for charity, Jeff, we've raised a lot of money for charity. And uh, I would also say coming into events that need our model that are golf tournaments that either need our model because they've become tired, let's say, or, they're just kind of going along, like you said, one week to the next, one year to the next. Being able to transform golf tournaments into golf festivals, bring more value for people to come, entertain people, see that big smile on their face when they leave the leave the golf course after the concerts, after watching great golf. Um, you know, driving audiences. I love to I love to come in and see an audience go up 5X or 7X in attendance. This makes me feel good. But at the end of the day, raising money for charity, we've raised, I don't know, 150 million or more for charity from our golf tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, that's sort of the, at the end of the day, yes, you want to put on a great golf tournament. Yes, you want to have great entertainment after golf. But your scorecard really says, how did you do for the community? How did you do for the charities? Because a lot of people volunteer their time, 1,500 to 2,000 volunteers volunteer their time. And if you're not giving a fair amount of money to charity, how can you ask those people to volunteer their time? Okay. So I always feel an obligation. We've got to return as much money as we can to charity while putting on a first-class tournament that entertains everyone. You know, no peanut butter and jelly sandwich, even though that's my favorite sandwich. Um, you know, no cutting of cost to put on a mediocre event to raise money for charity, but all of it, okay? If people are going to volunteer their time and if you're going to work hard to put on a great event, in golf anyway, and not all sports, but in golf, that to me is the, is the at the end of the day, that's the score on the scorecard. And... For us, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. We've we've broken a lot of records. We've raised more money for charity on the Corn Ferry Tour than any other organization, and any other tournament in Boise by by a lot. And uh, that's been really gratifying. It's been awesome, Jeff. It really has. Jeff Sanders from Jeff Sanders Entertainment in Lake Oswego. Uh, he is going to stick around for after hours, but uh, you know, man, I really appreciate your time. I really do. Jeff, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's great to stay connected to my hometown, you hey. know, Portland, Oswego, Oregon. And even though I'm not there as much as I once was, I, I'm a diehard duck. You know, I <laughs> love ducks.
Well, I got to tell you, I'm a beaver guy. So we and this has been a very civil conversation. So it's all good, yeah. Jeff. My daughters are beavers and, and I'm a duck. So I've been living with that for a long time. <laughs> OK. <laughs> all right. We're going to be back next week. Don't forget about the Portland Golf Show coming up March 3rd through the 5th. Go to PortlandGolfShow.com. Rolling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.